0: Welcome back to the Happen to Your Career podcast, episode four. Hey, Scott. Mark. You want to know something that really, really helps your job search? I would love to. Because that's what this podcast is about. Complaining about your current job. That helps. Mm.
1: Thinking. Thinking. Yeah, I don't think that helps, Mark. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) This is Happen to Your Career, the show that is all about helping you move to work you love. We want you to do work that fits your unique and signature strengths. We'll bring you inspiration, tools, and roadmaps to help you in your journey. So We are so thrilled to have Joshua Waldman on the show today. Joshua Waldman is an authority on leveraging social media to find employment. He is the author of Job Searching with Social Media for Dummies, and his writing has appeared in Forbes, Huffington Post, Mashable, and the International Business Times. Joshua's career blog, careerenlightenment.com, won the About.com Reader's Choice Award for Best Career Blog of 2013. And when he's not writing, Joshua presents keynotes, trainings, breakout sessions all around the world for students, career advisors, consortiums, and professional organizations. His website and all of that information you can find by visiting careerenlightenment.com. Joshua, we are thrilled to have you. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Scott. It's a pleasure to be
1: here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm hoping that you'll take just a minute before we get started and share just a little bit about yourself, both personally and professionally, and help our audience really get to know you all the way around.
2: Well, I've always been an early adopter of social media. Back when when no one really heard of LinkedIn, it was just one of those little networks that you kept getting uh, annoying emails from your friends about. Um, And uh, I I kind of jumped on the bandwagon pretty early and started to grow my network and and build a profile. I had a lot of success with it. I, I got an international MBA, and during that experience, uh, I jumped on my network and and got a chance to meet some pretty pretty amazing folks in Japan and, and in Vietnam, and in Thailand just by sending them an email back in the day and saying, hey, you know, I'm considering what it's like to work in Ho Chi Minh City. Do you have a couple minutes for 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 a coffee? And um, you know, those those connections were just amazing. They they opened my mind, and I've always been a firm believer in in the power of networking. So um, after the MBA, I was recruited by Cisco into the leadership training program, and and, uh, after that was out of the sales field um, and continued to use social media. In fact, I remember one of my first months at Cisco, I started the Cisco LinkedIn group and uh, decided that it was a great idea. I was going to invite every single of the 50,000 employees of Cisco to join me on LinkedIn. (laughs) Um, And uh, so, of course, in my naivete, I sent an email to all at Cisco.com, inviting everybody to come and join my LinkedIn group I was so excited about. Uh, The next day, HR gave me a call. Uh, They were not happy (laughs) Uh, with (laughs) that, they asked me to shut the group down, uh, which I said I can't do, Uh, I'm sorry. Um, But this has nothing to do with Cisco, and uh, they were very disapproving of it. Now, the irony here is that these days, and that was way back, that was 2006, uh, the irony is that these days they um, have taken over ownership of that group, kicked me off as a manager, (laughs) and have grown it. uh, It's probably something like 30,000 members uh, at this point. I think I was sort of early to the the game, so to speak, which actually helped me out quite a bit, because in 2008, I was laid off, and... uh, you know, Scott, you and I were talking about this before the show, but uh, you know, a, a lot of men do this. If, if we identify with our work; we are our work. And uh, what happens when your work rejects you and um, asks you to leave the thousands of other people because the economy has tanked? Um, it can be really, really devastating uh, to your your emotional state and um, you know your sense of of worth and and your purpose in the world. And it was really it's horrible for me to get laid off. Number one, I love working at Cisco. It's a great company. Uh, they really treated their employees well. You know, after going through a, a little bit of a, a sad recovery period from that, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go and leverage my social network, go and meet people face-to-face, and try to get myself back to a job. And uh, if it worked. It was amazingly fast. I, I remember going through the unemployment program here in Portland, And all of the career advisors were saying, you know, on average, you're not going to be able to get to an interview, at least within the first six months of trying. And I thought to myself, God, you know, six months, that's just such a long time. I jumped on LinkedIn, and I started meeting people within a week. And those meetings turned into job interviews. And, uh, you know, and the funny thing started to happen. I was landing these great job interviews, really cool companies. And, uh, you know, the story was going through my head oh, wow, what would it be like to get laid off from this place? <laughs> um, and part of me realized I just wasn't ready. I was not ready to go back to work. And um, uh, I decided to start teaching these techniques and strategies that I found uh, that worked so well for me. Um, probably could help a lot of other people here in the Portland metro area uh, began to teach and train and, and run workshops and programs. That's how I got started with Career Enlightenment, and it just I uh, haven't looked back since.
1: That's, that's perfect, and that's exactly what we want to talk to you about. And I would love for you to expand a little bit on you know, that, that area, that time period where you, you were going to job interviews, you were having success getting the job interviews. Uh, but you realize that you weren't really ready to move back into a job. You know, what, what started your, what kicked off your journey when you, you know, what caused you to go from point A to point B, uh, to be able to move into what mattered to you with that, that teaching and training other people to do so you do and use some of those same techniques.
2: I, I wanted to challenge myself. One of the things I, I really wanted to get better at was public speaking, um, We've done a lot of it at Cisco, and there was a huge, huge emphasis on public presentation skills. And so I thought, okay, um, there's all these job clubs, and they're always looking for free speakers. Um, what if I put together a one-hour presentation and offered offer to deliver it um, just because I'm not doing anything right now, and I'm healing, and I'm not quite ready for a job. Maybe I will soon. Um, you know, maybe this is a skill I could work on. And uh, so, you know, just really out of pure challenge, uh, you probably get that from, from my personality is uh, I don't shy away from a challenge and, and in fact, I seek them out for, for myself. And uh, so that's what I decided to do. It was just, you know, really it was just, you know, maybe I could help somebody. If I help just one person in the audience, um, I, I will have succeeded. And, uh, and while doing that, I'm crafting, you know, getting better at a craft, at a skill, um, so I did, I, I spoke probably, you know, 25 times in, in just, you know, four or five months during that period, um, and, and learned something interesting about myself. I learned I really loved to do it. Uh, yeah, it was terrifying. It was deaf. I remember that first talk it was very, very scary for me. Um, it was, uh, and the first talk I gave had about 200 people in the room. <laughs> uh, I could have started smaller, I suppose. Um. It was terrifying. It was really scary, but uh, you know, having done that, the next talk with thirty people in the room was was a piece of cake. So, um, you know, for me, it was just being able to stretch myself and, and feeling like I was being of service. I was helping other people find work, and pretty soon the results started to come in, and that's what really motivated me to stick stick to it. Um, when folks would come up to me and they said, you know, I remember this one guy said, you know, this is the third time I've seen you and uh, variations of your presentation, and I've been following your advice, and I want you to know that having followed your advice, um, in particular on how I write about myself on LinkedIn, um, I made one change, and, and I had 17 job inquiries come in within a week. <laughs> um, and then another woman came up to me, and she said, you know, I followed your advice, and um, I start a new job next week, thanks to you. And, you know, these, these things started to happen more and more, and, uh, I just felt so great about this. I was making a difference. Finally, I wasn't selling routers and switches to big corporations,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: which is great. You know, of course, selling routers and switches to big corporations makes you very good money. But uh, I didn't feel. I felt like there was something missing, and, and I didn't know I had something missing until I started to really serve people and make a difference in their lives. Um, and I was I just loved it. And uh, I wanted to do more and affect more people's lives and help more people get back to work and help more people overcome their fear and anxiety around technology. Um, so, you know, that's that's kind of how I moved my mindset away from, you know, I got to get a job, I got to get a job, to, you know, there was this transition where it was like, I'm not quite ready. One day I will be. So, why don't I just develop some skills? And then finally it was like, wow, I really enjoy doing this. Maybe this could be my job.
1: Well, and here's what I love from that, Joshua, is that you had you were in a low period in your in your life, as you described it, and you rose to the challenge. You had opportunities that you realized you could take advantage of, and you jumped all over that challenge. I mean, 200 people for your first speaking engagement—that's that's huge. That's uh, very intimidating, to say the least. Uh, I've done that, uh, done that plenty before and uh, also had similar experiences early on. And uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, very intimidating, especially right out the gate. So here's the other thing I took away. And I think that our audience would benefit from is that mindset shift in thinking I've got to have a job or I've got to, you know, have, have something that's going to benefit me and instead of switching it around and saying, I really enjoy serving people. And I I think that that's fantastic uh, because it takes so many people so long to realize that. And what uh, what you've just given our audience is, you know, that uh, that's one of the big things right there. So I really appreciate you sharing. Now. Oh, yeah. Here's a here's one thing that I would ask, you know, as you went along that journey and as you went through some of those those highs and lows and transitions, how did you really start to discover you know, aside from, from that piece of serving people, what your strengths are and what you determine that, uh, that fits with you and excites you.
2: Just experimenting, really. You know, I, I took Finder years ago and, you know, the Myers-Briggs and the DISC and, and all these personality tests. And they've, they've honestly, you know, they've, they've never done anything for me. Um, and I know there's people who love Myers-Briggs and who you know swear by strength finders and that's great. I'm not challenging that they don't have value. They just simply didn't have value for me. I, I found that the the best way for me to discover what I was good at was to just try things, you know, um, like video editing. I would take videos of of my talks and I would put them together in these little, you know, five-minute segments on iMovie, um, and I enjoyed it. I but I wasn't very good, you know, and so that's, you know, maybe there's something there, and so I just started thinking about things like that, so I'm good at these very focused projects, um, yet I'm lacking certain um, artistic skills here, and so, you know, there's gaps that you start to notice, um, but you still enjoy things, you know, and that's, you take note of it. Um, Public speaking, another example, Uh, I don't think I was very good at all when I first started, Um, so I started looking at, good speakers and, uh, practicing and working on one thing at a time during one talk, i to, okay, say, will get better at eye contact today. Um, you know, uh, uh, writing was another big thing for me. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd done a lot of writing in college, but it was never really, uh, for anything more than just getting a grade uh, with a professor. And, uh, so I started blogging and, um, finding my voice and, and learned that I really enjoyed that, and pretty soon I I think I was getting better at it. And um, the feedback I was getting back from folks was reflecting that, you know, we've enjoyed your writing, we think you're a good writer. And then getting a book deal, uh, you know, was really that says, you know, basically we've read your blog posts, and we think you're very capable of of writing a four dummies book, so come join us. And, you know, I, I don't think I would have ever learned that I was good at these things if, um, number one, if, if I hadn't been thrust into it. Um, so I'm actually very grateful that I was laid off. Yeah, you know, I think it's been an impetus for a lot of self-exploration. Um, but experimenting, trying, trying new things, is the only way that I was able to really figure out who I was and what else could happen.
1: I think that's uh, that goes right along with what you've shared already. You know, rising to that challenge, but you know, this I think is a continuation of that, where you know, just trying new things and jumping in and being willing to experiment, and you know, we've got so many people that uh, that might be listening out there that are afraid to do that because they're afraid they they might fail. You know, they're afraid they might not have good experiences. Uh, what, would, what advice would you give to them if they're in that position right now?
2: I <laughs> uh, this great, uh, great book called "Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways." Um, yeah, I was, it was terrifying to stand up in front of people, and, and you are going to fail. but I think, um, I think there's an amount of, there's a, a kind of a courage that comes that you have to cultivate. you have to it starts small and, and it's scary. To do something new because you are going to fail, and you hope that um, you know you'll at least learn something from that failure. But I think um, if you don't try, you're you're never going to know. And and for me, self knowledge is more important more important than anything. Um, If that means I have to fail and embarrass myself, um, I'll get over it. I I know I'll get over it because I've gotten over it before. uh, and I think having having someone to, to love you anyways, you know, to support you and, and to say, you know what, um, you tried, you stood up and you did it, and I'm proud of you. Um, that was really, really helpful for me.
1: So that support group, a uh, big thing. And you, you mentioned the something that I believe, too, that, uh, that self-knowledge and knowing much about yourself really is an important asset, to say the least. And it uh, it really, you know, to your point, it doesn't happen unless you fail. It doesn't happen unless you're getting out there and experimenting with different things. So, you know, what I hear you saying uh, is that you almost need to give yourself permission to so that you can get to that that self-knowledge. Yeah, you know, that higher degree of self-knowledge, I guess, is what I'd put it.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: So. As you've come along your journey, Joshua, who has inspired you or who have you looked to as an example throughout your career and your ups and downs, you know, moving from Cisco to a uh, you know, completely different season and period in your life and, and into what you do now?
2: So, uh, you know, I will think about this chronologically. Um, when, when I first got started, um, you know, was laid off and, and was exploring these different parts of what I could be doing with my life. I I looked at Pam Slim who just published her book, Escape from Cubicle Nation. And the whole idea of the, you know, the Tim Ferriss idea, the four hour work week was very appealing to me, um, to live with more purpose and why wait for retirement to enjoy your life. Um, and, but I didn't think the four hour work week was, um, it was very practical. It didn't give you enough information. to sort of whet your appetite for this. Um, Pam Sloan's book was very, very detailed for me. and uh, It was a guide, and, and she was on a book tour, and, uh, and she happened to come through Portland. So I did a one-day seminar with her and where we really started to explore the idea that you know, helping other people using social media to find work is actually a business idea. Um, and it's a business that you're passionate about clearly, and, and you could probably um, support your family and, um, you know, become financially independent through it. Uh, so, uh, so she was the first inspiration, you know, and she's someone who did this herself. You know, she spent years, many, many years in consulting and uh, decided to go off on her own and, and learn what it was to be a solopreneur. Uh, and her story is very inspiring as well. Really good books that have inspired me, um, Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, um, which is really important to me. I, I read that many, many times over and over again. Um, and actually right now I'm reading a book by Brene Brown called Daring Greatly, which is inspiring me to uh, to challenge some assumptions and uh, do things a little bit differently. And uh, I'm finding it very, very healing to uh, to go through that process.
1: So those, and we'll go ahead and we'll put uh, links to all of those on the show notes. Now I've read a, a couple of those, but I haven't read Escape from Cubicle Nation, so I will have to pick that up. It's been on my list for a long time. So appreciate you recommending that. And and, mm-hmm. and Pam Slim is one of uh, one of the people that inspired you. Now I am curious with your journey. You've you've talked to us a little bit about. How you've how you've made this move, how you've transitioned. You even talked about some of the some of the people that you know gave you encouragement along the way uh, that you have helped. But I'm re- wondering when you realized that it could happen. When did you realize that you could do what you're good at, what you're great at, and what you really enjoy for money? What was that point in time? Can you take us to a moment or a set in time?
2: Yeah, it was. It was years after I started the company. I think there's this myth where you know, oh, you go, and you find your passion, and all of a sudden everything will be okay. Um, it's so far from the truth, though. It took probably you know, god, years. Probably within the first three and a half years of career nightmare before I really felt like this was um, a business. And, and you know, I believed in it, and I stuck to it for those three years, but it wasn't enough. Uh, I had to take uh, full-time jobs on the side, several of them to to keep things going, uh, particularly when I was writing the book. Um, I, I had a full-time job. I would wake up at 4.30 in the morning and write for three hours, getting getting the chapters done. And then I would go to work, do an eight to nine hour day, come home, eat dinner, and just pass out. So, you know, there were a lot of hard times and, and I just kept believing that this was the right thing to do and, and I could do this and, and I believed in myself and I believed in um, in the business and the mission. But, you know, belief means wishful thinking. And, you know, there was always this, well, you know, show me the money part of it. Like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have been surprised if this thing totally tanked. I decided to just let it go. It wasn't until probably last year, um, January or February, I was working with a business coach. And I had all of this anxiety. You know, I, um, I, w- I was completely independent at that point And, uh, you know, I was anxious about sales and contracts. And uh, I was just pulling my hair out. I just was not very comfortable. And he said, you know, okay, so you're clearly uncomfortable. Let's, let's look at the financial situation here. So we look at my our projected cash flow. And I projected out for the next 12 months uh, product sales and uh, you know, project ideas and book sales and royalties and, and contracts and speaking engagements and all these things that I had. And um, he said, okay, what well, do you need to live? And we put a number down. And he said, what are you going to make uh, each month uh, projected? And we drew that out on a big whiteboard. And he actually showed me visually that I was, I was making it. This was working. And I anticipated this to work. Uh, and there were real numbers, maybe projected numbers, but they were still real numbers. Um, and there was a shift in my head. This was about a year ago. And all of a sudden, you know, I realized that I'm a business owner. And um, I'm running something sustainable here. It's a, it's a venture that, that works. And uh, beyond me, beyond just the blog, um, and uh, there was this huge sense of relief, like, oh, yeah, I made it. And now we just got to make it bigger and better. So there was definitely a moment that that, that happened, but uh, it, it took many years to get there.
1: Well, that's a powerful story, and I really appreciate you sharing. So now that you have had a full year of realizing that you are a, you are a business owner, you're in this, uh, in this for the, the long haul, what inspires you to do this work day by day? You know the work that you do now. Why do you do what you do, and what motivates you, and, and gives you purpose on an ongoing basis?
2: I was just talking about this last night with a buddy. Um, we had gone out for drinks at this very, very funky Portland uh, bar, which uh, which is just filled with old antiques and signs and. Um, you know, an out-of-tune piano, and really, really good beer, of course. So then the conversation starts flowing, and we start talking about life purpose. And, um, you know, one of the things I said to, to my friend was that, you know, I, well, there's all this emphasis on, on resumes and cover letters in the world. In the world of job search in particular, I mean, we have at least three or four different certification programs for resume writers. Um, which include the work on on cover letters, and and if you look at the unemployment offices around the country, there's a huge emphasis on these very basic uh, job search skills. Um, there's almost no emphasis on social media as a skill for career development, even though it is more important than these other things. Uh, the world really has shifted, and and it's very frustrating for me to see this um, the, this very slow adoption of that reality from the job-seeker support community. There's a lot of uh, ridiculous fear of change um, that uh, that I think hurts people. I think it's unethical, uh, frankly. I think it hurts people. And so I've done a lot of work with the Portland, uh, WorkSource Portland Metro, the unemployment offices services here to create and and deploy a curriculum that shows uh, these social media skills step-by-step, step, um, very strategically, uh, to unemployed professionals, um, mid-level computer literate professionals who don't need another resume class. You know, like they need something else, and they need this really important thing that's going to help them get noticed and network and, uh, you know, expand their, their professional horizons. Um, so one of one of my goals, and, and I think it's sort of my long-term vision, is to, to, to be the one who really... Brings this change to the world, to, uh, where where it's my curriculum, or or frameworks, or just you know passion for this, uh, so that there's at least the same amount of emphasis on social media, network building, and online reputation building, as there is for resumes around the world, and if we can just start with you know one city here in Portland. That's great, but let's, let's move on and talks with uh, LA County to bring the curriculum down to uh, Southern California um, and other works, work source uh, or unemployment services organizations uh, around the country to, to try to get this out there. There's definitely demand from the job seeker and, of course, the recruiters are doing this and they expect job seekers to be knowledgeable, but nobody's taking it that seriously yet. I've also just started implementing a curriculum that's available for college career centers um, they can buy uh, an instructor's manual which comes with slides and, and syllabus and uh, a textbook that their students can buy on Amazon. And uh, and they can right out of the box start teaching these skills without having to look at two-year-old YouTube videos to figure it out. They're going to get the most relevant and recent information put in a structure that makes sense for the job seeker. Um, because a lot of social media out there is just for marketers and marketing. And it's it's moved beyond that. Um, Plus, the technology changes so quickly. Uh, A lot of career professionals simply don't want to be technologists, and I I relate to that. I don't blame them. They didn't get into this business because of technology. They did because of the human side of things. Um, So stay there, you know, teach the human side of things, and uh, leverage some of the resources that I offer as a way to supplement that technology training. Um, So I guess my long-term purpose is to to really... um, to be a part of that change, to be part of that big shift that's so overdue right now um, in in career
1: focus, I love that. I couldn't agree more. Overdue is absolutely the right word. i That really resonates with me because I'm very passionate about. Uh, making sure that people who are out there, who are seeking jobs, who are you know wanting to get into into careers that uh, that fit them, or even just careers that help them experiment, like you were talking about earlier, uh, you know, it's they don't have those skill sets, and there's just this massive need, massive gap, and especially when you're talking about technology. So I love that uh, that that's the case, and something I'll probably have to talk to you more outside of this interview. Uh, sure. Yeah. But uh, overall, I I would love to give you an opportunity to share with our audience what you're working on right now, what's exciting you right now, and share with us how we can connect with you.
2: Well, yeah. yeah everyone listening is, is more than welcome to join the Career Enlightenment community, uh, which is easy to do. You go to Career Enlightenment, uh, check out a few blog posts if you like How We write and you like the information. Um, go ahead and sign up and you get a 33-minute a training video which is going to really go through the, the basic frameworks, the, the fundamentals uh, that I believe are essential for today's job seeker to really get uh, get a, a, a useful understanding of social media and not feel overwhelmed. Um, I also offer LinkedIn profile writing services for to professionals. So I know that writing about yourself is a really hard thing to do. It's very frustrating. Um, I mean, I, I remember writing a 360-page for Dummies book, and then they asked me to write the bio, and uh, I couldn't do it. I had to hire help. So, uh, just like there are resume writers in the world, there are LinkedIn profile writers. I'm one of them. I have a team of folks who I've trained, and uh, it's half price uh, for from what other profile writing services cost, because I really believe that um, there should money should not be an issue for looking amazing online. Um, I mean, just I know this to be true, is that when you have an amazing working profile, you're going to go places. Um, you're going to have more conversations with recruiters and hiring managers, and that's invaluable, and I don't think people uh, should ever let price get in the way of, of career advancement. So that's an affordable service. It's uh, linked to profile writing services. You can find a link to that, uh, again, on Career Enlightenment. Um, And the second edition of my Four Dummies book is coming out, uh, completely rewritten chapters on LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, just lots of, uh, in fact, they had to expand. It was uh, 360 pages in the first edition. The second page, they capped me. I had 20 extra pages. Uh, They capped me at uh, 285 pages. So there's a lot of more information in that second edition. You can pre-order that on Amazon. That's going to be shipping. They told me in October, but Amazon's always wrong with their shipping dates, so that might actually be um, in just a couple of weeks.
1: Well, we will get a link to that as well in the show notes, and I would absolutely recommend visiting CareerEnlightenment I've been on there. In fact, that's how I met you, Joshua. Uh, I was I was subscribed to your blog, and you know I. Found that you put out great content, a variety of different types of great content that I thought was very valuable. So it prompted me to give you a call one time when I was in, in Portland for another event. So,
2: yeah, exactly. It's how it's done.
1: Yeah, so go to go to careerenlightenment.com, visit the show notes at happen to your and you can check out all of the other resources that Joss has talked about in this interview at those show notes, at that page as well. Joshua, thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time. We appreciate your advice and your wisdom. Thank you very much.
2: You got it, Scott. Thanks for having me.
1: And now it's time for the HDYC Recap with Mark Sievercrop. Mark. Hey, how's it going? Great. So this interview with Joshua Waldman,
0: I have to say, was fantastic, Scott. I absolutely love many things that Josh talks about. But one of the things that really stuck out to me was the fact that he was not looking to become an entrepreneur. He was not looking to start his own business. And as you go through your career journey, as you're looking to find work that you love and work that you're passionate about, one of the important things that you have to do is you have to keep your options open. You have to realize that you might find something that you like to do that you had never thought of. You might decide that starting a business is the right thing to do and you never intended on being an entrepreneur. Or you might find that something that you never thought you would do is what you end up doing. So that's the first thing that stuck out to me from this interview was just the fact that you need to keep your options open. The second thing I noticed about Joshua Waldman – was that he was driven by a desire to learn. Over and over and over in this interview, he talks about how he did things just because he wanted to get better at them, and that led him to what he now does, whether it was public speaking because he wanted to get better at that or whether it was adopting social media early because he wanted to learn how to utilize that in his personal life. Those are the things that led him to what he was passionate about. A couple quotes that I, I pulled out from what he said, um, One of them was, he said, experimenting is the only way I was able to find out what I was good at. And, and you and Josh talked about in the interview about how important that is of stepping outside your comfort zone and, and experimenting and trying things. And that's how you're going to find out what you're passionate about. And I think that's important for you to remember as you go through this journey and as you try to find out and move towards work that you love is that you're going to have to try some things. And it's OK if you try things that you don't like. That's fine. But as long as you're trying things and as long as you're doing something and moving forward, you have a much higher likelihood of getting into work and finding work and determining what it is that you're passionate about and something that you'll love to get up and do every day because that's really what all of us want to do. We want to do something that we love to do every day and as we try new things and as we work towards that, we'll be able to find out what that is. So that's the important things I found out about the Joshua Waldman interview. We'd love to have you come um, to the website, happen com backslash Joshua-Waldman, that's W-A-L-D-M-A-N, and leave us your comments. What have you experimented with that has helped you move towards work that you're passionate about?
1: Mark, thank you for the HTYC recap. We appreciate it. No problem. This is the part of the show where we get to recognize all of those folks that's left us five-star reviews. Thank you very much to John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. We really appreciate it. Also, thank you very much to Tom Cassano. And we'll read all of our names of those who leave us five stars and more. We appreciate it. And remember, if you want to happen to your career, you can find many more tools, resources, and roadmaps online at www.happentoyourcareer.com. Go there now and sign up for our blog. Check it out. Thank you very much. We're out.